they're gonna fly to Chinatown, but we're not. My name is Mr. Cack, and joining me on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday at his leisure pleasure uh, and and work schedule allowance is Al. Welcome, Al. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Uh, Fraught Relic says hello, hello to Fraught Relic. Hello, Fraught Relic. Um, so, uh, jumping right into the fire uh, on this one. <laughs> this is something. This is something that Al reached out to me about and said, "Had I seen this, and if I hadn't already seen someone sharing something on social media about this, I would have just dismissed it and been done with it." But this weekend, I had seen a friend who is connected to law enforcement share a law enforcement-based social media post on on one of my social media sites, and uh, I read it, and it was one of those things was like, oh man, it's another one of those cyclical things of the bad thing is now out, and it's corrupting children, it's Slender Man, it's that weird... The weird, like, big-eyed Momo, I think it's what it was. There was, like, Momo panic at one point. Anyways, <laughs> Al, you brought up Huggy Wuggy, the demon hell spawn from Poppy's Playtime. So I've named this 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 topic Poppy's Playtime Panic. <laughs> and before I get your thoughts on this, let's set the premise of what Poppy's Playtime, what a Huggy Wuggy, what all this is. So Poppy's Playtime is a computer game that's out. Um, it's one of the new age versions of computer games. And by that, I mean they release a section of the game. So it's like chapter one is out. Chapter two is about to be out. So it's not a finished game. It's kind of how, you know, smaller studios do stuff now. They release a chunk of the game uh, and then they'll update it with DLC. I mean, even the AAA games do this to a certain degree. One of the trailers yeah. I want to watch for a video game today is Halo Infinite uh, releasing its season two. And that's essentially the same thing as what Poppy Playtime's doing. So I don't want to degrade or talk down of how the studio is doing it. I mean, it's an effective money grab strategy. It works. But it's a scary... It's a horror game where you enter an old... Um, an old toy store kind of production place um, because you've you've received this distress letter and you're going to check it out um, and you're finding clues and stuff and you're exploring deeper into um, this this large Poppy's Playtime area. But while you're doing it, Huggy Wuggy, which is a toy character come to life at a monstrous level, you know, starts to stalk you throughout the map uh, and if he catches you, he hugs you to death. Um, if he doesn't catch you, you eventually knock him down and then you go on, uh, the chapter one ends and then you wait for chapter two that will unleash another nightmare fueled monster, uh, for you. It seems like now there's been some social media panic because a lot of people, uh, have created some fan-made videos and fan-made content on both YouTube and TikTok of the Huggy Wuggy character trying to capitalize on not just the popularity of it all, um, but just how creepy the whole thing is. Uh, and that's caused panic for adults because of children. And Al, you saw this. You're someone that doesn't have a kid. I'm very interested. You're young. You don't have kids. Where are you at with this right now, Al? How do you feel about the poppy playtime panic that's going on? That's under siege. Uh, you know, it It can be kind of scary. You know, it, for these people that are making these videos, like, and they're show it's on YouTube, so it's free for everyone. Um, kids are watching it. You know, they're young. They don't understand that it's not real. But and there, as a child, you don't you don't really understand. You your mentality is everything's real until it's not. So 
Um, it, you know, I think it's like kind of like the Slender Man uh, fiasco back in the day, where that that girl, those two girls, killed that other girl, and that mm-hmm. now they've been in trial for that. Um, and so I guess they parents are just worried that they may end up dead. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to. Because I'm in an interesting spot with this, right? Uh, I'm a parent of a five-year-old and a three-year-old. My five- and three-year-old watch YouTube. Usually it's YouTube kids um, because that's a much... Like, I know that there... Well, there's there's always... Like, there's always the worry that there's just some junk on there. And not junk in, like, the horrific, awful things your kids see, but, like, just stupid crap on there. Just, like, nothing of any educational value, like what they get from... Good, wholesome PBS kids. Um, on the other hand, as someone that's 35 and has seen so many over-sensationalized parental panic things, like, I mean, yeah. every year it's just a, it's a, it's a fast cyclical thing of uh, this year it's huggy-wuggy. Last year it was, I mean, last year it was the pandemic, so we just didn't count anything <laughs> for like two years. But before huggy-wuggy, there was that Momo thing, which was that girl that had kind of like the alien-like head, but the huge eyes. Um, there, I guess I remember that one. Uh, it's creepy. Look up a picture. Just look up uh, look up Momo or something, Momo Challenge or something like that, and you'll see a weird face. And then before that was Slenderman, and there's always oh, these things. Okay. I mean, like, I mean, if you go past that, it's, you know, video games are going to cause violent behavior. I mean, there's always this parental concern. Yeah. So part of me is like, this is just an over-sensationalized you know, over, um, version of, ev- of, of everything. There probably are alarming videos on, on, the, on the YouTubes that you don't want children to see. The other part of me as a parent and as someone that has been there when my daughter was just kind of going through YouTube. So I, I don't know if you can get YouTube kids on like the Roku app on your TV. Uh, I, I just, I don't guess I found it, but I have the regular YouTube app. And so we pull mm-hmm. that up. So my YouTube search history looks so bizarre. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching way too much children's content according to my YouTube uh, search history. But I have been there when my daughter was just kind of surfing through like Peppa Pig and ended up in some fan made Peppa Pig stuffs. That were that were kind of just like unsettling. Like I don't know if my oh daughter, God. like I don't even know if my daughter really understood how unsettling it was that she was watching. And I guess the defense is that you know children unsupervised shouldn't be watching regular YouTube. Um, they should be watching YouTube Kids. That's why there's a variant for them specifically to house content. Or you could set up like some safe child filters or create an account for them on your YouTube account that's only child locked and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, you know, there there are ways to avoid it other than just being in the room with your kid and saying, whoa, let's not watch this. Hey, let's try something different. This one's just not, this one doesn't, like, this one makes, you know, this one isn't good. Trying to do it in a way that doesn't, because uh, my fear is that you, like, go too bizarre of, like, the, we can't watch this, and that just drives the curiosity of a child of, like, but I want to now, like why yeah. daddy says I can't watch this, but why can't I watch it? I must watch it. Um, uh, so I, I've seen some videos that are along the lines, but so the, the thing I've seen was a, a release from Lafayette County Sheriff's office, uh, warning parents about 
um, the game, but more so fan-made videos produced on YouTube about the game. Uh, and it lists nine or ten channels uh, of where these videos have been found by the sheriff's office in Lafayette County. Um, and the videos include, now this is what kind of had me feel uncomfortable about everything is the social media post says the videos include but are not limited to offensive language cartoon representations of alcohol use blood stabbings decapitations attempted murder murder and the bloody aftermath of a car crash sweet baby <laughs> jesus man what <laughs> um uh so uh, in one of the videos, a toy cartoon character tells a cartoon person, my hugs don't hurt one bit, you'll be dead before the pain comes. And maybe that's not a message you want out there for your children, you know, like, to hear and to repeat to their friends, because <laughs> that is troubling. Like, not that I fear, like, my daughter's going to go out and hug someone to death, but, like, I don't want her saying that to someone else, because that's how you get the cops called on you. Yeah. Um. In another video, and this is the thing that just had me freaked out when I heard this. In another video, a female character is drugged, passes out, and is inferred a sexual assault is performed on her. In the same video, the female character's husband sees the video of a sexual assault and believes the female character had committed adultery. The male character then hits the female character and divorces her. My question is this. Good God. Why are people making these videos on YouTube? <laughs> That's... It doesn't matter what characters you're using. No. That's a little obscene to be having on the YouTubes, right? Like, <laughs> sweet, good lord. <laughs> like, that's... Ugh. Yeah, that's not... Maybe maybe some content filters out there. The good thing is, for all the... For all the crap that we can give YouTube, for all the issues with YouTube, by and large, and this is someone that posts videos on YouTube... They have, since there are many lawsuits, most of them coming from Ryan's World. I don't know if you remember Ryan's World, but that little kid that unboxes stuff. Um, mm. they, they, they received a nice uh, multi-million dollar lawsuit against them because of how the Ryan videos were portraying them uh, just so happening to open these gifts that they weren't totally promoting uh, for sale, which they were. They were receiving these gifts at the behest of advertisers, and essentially they were doing underhanding advertising tactics to children. Anyways, since then, YouTube has changed how they handle children-geared content. Uh, so when you submit a video, if you choose that you want your content to be directed at kids, however you want to define kids, you get very, it's a very, it's a much stricter version of how they're going to analyze your video. Uh, and it's much stricter. You have to like check boxes. You have to get verified. And they, 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 I think they scrutinize your video a little bit more uh, than what they do the rest of us a holes that just post up whatever we want willy nilly. Regular videos on YouTube that you're posting not geared towards any specific uh, kid audience that are just out there for the world. Uh, the only review they do is, do you have any copyrighted content? And they do that check, and if you don't, then great, your stuff gets to go on there. <laughs> so, it, it is weird. Um, but and I've read an article that Snope says that this is an um, essentially an overblown um, case of paranoia or concern. Like, yeah. essentially Snope's fact checkers, and we now live in a society that want fact checkers for fact checkers so however you want to feel about snopes feel about snopes but essentially snopes review was that yes there are these videos but like the actual level of of kids doing stuff is a little bit 
blown out of proportion, which I assume is a lot of these issues, right? I assume oh, it was sure. the same way with Slenderman, because while we do for sure have two girls that have used it as an excuse for why they committed murder, maybe there were other factors at play, because, you know... Mm. Also, for every one of that, there are a million other kids that have seen this and haven't done the same thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's out there. You know, it, it there's always going to be stuff out there. Um, you've just got to be able to teach your children right from wrong and what, what can be trusted and what can't be trusted. Um, especially with this day and age of how we have a, way more social media, way more internet use with kids. Um it, you know, when I was a kid, it was a different time. I had dial-up. Uh, I started out with no internet. So it's 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 become wild to think that it's just out there. Every kid has a phone now. You can access it pretty much anywhere. So. It's sad to say, but phones are like the best intermediate babysitter a parent can ask for. And this is yeah. coming from someone that, again, you know, has a five- and three-year-old. And a part of me feels ashamed about that, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, these kids can navigate the phone better than I do. <laughs> like they, they, like this is part of their, like this is their life. They, they're going to be more integrated with technology than I ever was, um, from a young age. So it's, it's not irresponsible. I mean, every everyone before they become a parent or old school parents are going to be like, you know, that's not the way it should be. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Well, raise a kid right now. Like <laughs> screen yeah. time is, is yeah. just a facet of it. We we went to. Uh the out to eat last night and you know we were sitting outside and there was a, f a family sitting next to us like another table and their kid was just on their phone and we were on the phone watching whatever i don't know what they were watching uh but it's we had my wife and i just looked at each other and goes you know that's that's not something i feel like you should be doing with your kid and then we we're like well i don't know it's it's different nowadays than what it was whenever we were kids. So, let me tell you what the alternative to that kid sitting there looking at his phone is. That kid running around that place, <laughs> grabbing meatballs off the table, <laughs> freaking out, uh, not sitting in place, walking up to you, sneezing in your food. Like that's the alternative, right? And I'm not saying look this. This is rage, you nerds. This isn't how to be a great parent. I'm just telling you. Phones can be good. Like I, you shouldn't set your kid on a phone the entirety of their life. No, yeah. but that's also coming from people, a society right now as young adults and adults that sit on our phone for as long as we can every day. I have my phone out right now playing uh, the video of this, so that way I make sure our video feed doesn't cut out. But before <laughs> that, I was looking at my phone. <laughs> so like, it is a hypocrisy, right? Telling kids, oh, you should limit your screen time, while mom and dad are going back to look at their phone. But, for Huggy Wuggy, for me it's this. If you have a young and impressionable child, you should not be, not be, I guess, not be like always watching what they do, but you need to be plugged into what they're doing when it comes to technology, uh, because technology is so much of a Wild West still that... I'm always concerned about like what what I mean, like I'm worried about social media once my daughter gets old enough to start using it because there's so many rampant stories of the awful side. Granted, there's a lot of absurdity and mundaneness to all of this too. Like chances are my daughter will get social media and it will be the same boring bullcrap that I lived throughout my life. 
Probably more than likely. <laughs> Just so different it, stuff. It's it's one of those things where it's you have to balance between the worst case scenario because you want to protect children, your parent, you want to do right by them, you don't want to see them hurt or damaged or anything bad come their way. But also this fact of am I falling into into the panic of the moment? Because like I don't know. If that's how it is, then I'm just gonna lock my kid up in in their closet and not let him out because like that's the only way to I guess protect him. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. There's got to be a more rational, moderate approach to everything. But listen, there's a lot of crap on YouTube. Don't let oh, your yeah. kids just watch YouTube by themselves. Listen, I don't encourage some of you to venture down some of the weirder avenues of YouTube. I've done it just for the the shits and giggles of it. But like, there's some weird stuff on YouTube, man. Very weird. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're any more or less impressionable than we've ever been. I don't think phones or video games make us any more or less impressionable than we've ever been. I just think there's more stuff now, right? So, uh, uh. before we get to that, there's a series. You, you have HBO Max, right? I do. There's a series. We don't have to cover it right now. I kind of want to cover it once I finish watching all of it. There's okay. a series that's HBO Max original, so it doesn't come on HBO. It's only coming on HBO Max, and the release schedule is they did three episodes the first the last week. They'll do two episodes this week, two episodes next week. What's that get us to? Seven. They'll do two more episodes after that, and then they'll do one episode to finish it off, I think, is how okay. their release schedule is going to go. It's called Tokyo Vice. It's very interesting. It's loosely based on the real-life experiences of a guy from Missouri who started college at the University of Missouri, decided, I don't want to do this. He went to uh, Sophia University in Japan. He spent three to five years in Japan going to this university where he went there not really having any kind of knowledge base of speaking Japanese uh -huh. and then became fluent in Japanese to the point that he was the first foreigner accepted into Japan's largest newspaper and from there he wanted to do crime beat writing uh, for one of the largest newspapers in the world and Japan's largest newspaper company um, and so he got very involved in, in, in you know writing about crimes so you get an eye in the world of how Japan handles their crime which seems very interesting in the 90s and he has some Yakuza stuff. And a lot of people, the most interesting thing about this show is getting that gritty little, even if it's a fictionalized version, of a glimpse of essentially Japan's mafia. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so fascinating for me as a nerdy little purveyor of Japanese content. Uh, I'm already geared up to see these Yakuza in their, in their fanciful ways. Because uh, unlike, you know, just the depictions of... You know the old the the old popularized um, American gangsters. Guns are not a hot commodity in Japan. Um, after you know they were bombed by a nuclear weapon, a lot of reform happened there, and they kind of outlawed guns through an act. So like the the amount of guns in Japan are drastically limited. Uh, so you see a gang that carries out its violence through different means and yeah. a lot of stabbings. And I'm pretty sure someone got stabbed by a sword. Uh, so, like, there's a lot, of, a lot of, I'm interested. I'm interested. And I would love to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll once, catch up for sure. Yeah, so I say we hold off on that one, though, until we consume all the episodes. Because uh, I'm still I'm still just giddy about watching it. I don't really want to talk about it right now. I do want to talk about it, but I can wait. Okay. 
Alright, so our cryptid corner is about a demon lady that pops her head out of a toilet or something. Uh, I, I read like the first thing and then I Google searched a picture to find. This was the one that made me feel the most uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Uh, this is our cryptid slash urban legend slash folklore corner. Take it away, Al. All right. So this is the story of Hanukkah-san of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Hanukkah-san or Tor... I'm sorry if anybody is uh, from Japan or China or anywhere. I'm sorry. I don't have a... Really know how to say all this very good. So, uh, so uh, Tore no Hanako-san, Hanako of the Toilet, is a Japanese urban legend about the spirit of a young girl named Hanako-san who haunts school toilets. Like many urban legends, the details of the origin of the legend vary depending on the account. Legends about Hanako-san have achieved some popularity in Japanese schools where children may challenge classmates, classmates who try to summon Hanako-san. All right, so before we, before we get into this one... It's becoming a trend, and the reason I picked this is because last week we talked about the obnoxious demon that offers you toilet papers that's just <laughs> trying to trick you into killing you. Again, I reiterate my stance from last week. What is the deal with creating these monsters that visit you while you're on the sanctity of the porcelain throne? And again, let me reiterate, Eastern-style bathroom situations don't have you sitting down. They have you squatting and using the force of gravity and dear life uh, to, to, to expel the nastiness from you. And now you have to worry about creatures popping up from the drain or approaching <laughs> you with colored toilet paper. It is pure anarchy in the shitter in Japan. <laughs> so this is a little bit of history. Author and folklorist Matthew Meyer has described the legend of Hanukkah-san as dating back to the 1950s. Michael D Dylan Foster, author of the book Yokai, Mysterious Creatures of J Japanese Folklore, has stated that Hanukkah-san is well-known because it is essentially an urban legend associated with schools all over Japan. Since the 1990s, it has also been used in films, so it be became popular or popular part of popular culture, not just orally transmitted or local folklore. In 2014, an article published by NPR described Hanako-san as having become a fixture of Japanese urban folklore over the last 70 years. Now, this is the legend and its variations. According to the legend, Hanako-san is a spirit of a young girl who haunts school toilets and can be described as a yokai, a class of supernatural entities and spirits, or a yori, spirit of the dead related to death and religion. The details of her physical appearance vary across different sources, but she is commonly described as having a bobbed haircut and is wearing a red skirt or dress. The details of Hanako-san's origin also vary depending on the account, but can be broken down into pretty much three different versions. The first version, Hanako-san was a child who was murdered by a stranger or an abusive parent in a school toilet. Version 2, she was a, a girl who committed suicide in a school, to in a school toilet. Number 3, she was a child who lived in World War II uh, and who was killed in an air raid while hiding in a school toilet during a game of hide-and-seek. Man, there's just some, like, issues Japanese culture has to deal with involving toilets. Like, it, it's unsettling that this is what kids come up with. I <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you could go poop, but did you know a girl died in there from an air raid back in World War II? What? Uh, yeah, she's going to come and get you. Why? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, just reasons. You didn't do anything wrong. 
the sin of pooping, I guess. You're, you're, you're going <laughs> to die because you have to use the bathroom. You may continue, Al. <laughs> <laughs> to summon Hanukkah-san, it is often said that individuals might, must enter a girl's toilet, usually on the third floor of a school, knock three times on the third stall, and ask if Hanukkah-san is present. If Hanukkah-san is there, she will reply with some variation of, yes, I am. Depending on the story, the individual may then witness the appearance of a bloody or ghostly hand. The hand or Hanukkah-san herself may pull the individual into the toilet, which may lead to hell, or the individual may be eaten by a three-headed lizard who claims that the individual is invading Hanukkah's privacy. You know, at least with this one, you have to go out of your way <laughs> to bring... The, the, the asshole we discussed last week, the Manto, yeah, the Akamanto, he just barges in and is like, hey... Jerk, choose some toilet paper, and it's like, no. I'm like, all right, good. Or if you're like, I'll take the red. He's like, well, you're dead. Um, so like, at least with this one, you have to go out of your way, Bloody Mary style, to get involved with it. So at least with this one, I can internalize. I ain't gonna run into her because I'm not going to make friends or interact <laughs> with things in the toilet. I want to go in there, do my business, and get out before anyone else makes it in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so here's a little bit of pop culture stuff that she sh that this character shows up in. Um, the Hanukkah-san character has appealed, appeared in films, manga, anime, and video games. She made her first cinematic appearance in 1995 film Tore no Hanukkah-san. She got her own debut film? Nice! Good job, Hanukkah. Uh, directed by Joji Matsuoke, um, in which she is depicted as the benevolent spirit of a girl who's, who committed suicide and who haunted the toilets of a school. She was later depicted in the 1998 film Sinshe Tore no Hanukkah-san, directed by Yukihiko uh, Sutsume, in which she is portrayed as a vengeful ghost who haunts the middle school that she attended before she died. In 2013, she was also depicted in the film Tore no Hanukkah-san Shingeki Joban, directed by Masafumi Yamada. You're doing the best you can, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Hanukkah-san appears in the manga series Hanako and the Terror of Allegory, written and illustrated by Saki Isuno as the roommate and friend of Dasuke Aso, a private detective who investigates urban legends. Nice. Uh, Hanukkah-san has been depicted in uh, other manga series Toilet-Bound Hanukkah-kun by, <laughs> by Iro Aida, which debuted in 2014, in which the character is portrayed as a young boy. Oh, and gender swap, eh? An anime television series adaptation of Toilet Bound Hanako-kun produced by uh, Lurche premiered in early 2020. Hanako-san oh, wow. is also featured in other animes that include uh, Kiyokai no Rene, GGG no Kitaro, and Ghost Stories. Man, you still need to check out Ghost Stories English dub. I, I, I have to look that up tonight while I'm at, back on my computer. Um, Hanako-san also appears in the anime and video game franchise Yokai Watch, but is renamed Toiletta in the English version. <laughs> uh, be fearful of Toiletta. She's come. <laughs> she's come for your ass. <laughs> she'll uh, she'll grab you by the balls. Watch out for Toiletta. Um, listen, I I didn't want to interrupt while you were going through it at the time, um, but there's like 
I'm always fascinated by specifics of certain things, right? So it's you have to go to the the third floor of a school. You have to <laughs> knock three times on the third stall, and Japan is one of those places that puts a lot in numbers. So like numbers, yeah. colors, they all carry special meanings. Uh, so I'm fascinated to to look into like what the number three means. Uh, for Japan culture, Japanese culture, because there's got to be a significance to it for it to be three, 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 um, where for us it would be what the sixth floor yeah. uh, and the sixth toilet on the, the the sixth day of the sixth hour, you know, all the sixes. That that's our spooky wooky thing. Um, but yeah, no, like weird, weird little cultural significance that comes with like numbers or locations. Or um, colors, all of that is is interesting to me. Uh, so I'd have to look up what what the number three significance holds there. I, I've well, learned from so turning the, oh, yeah, the number three is a lucky number for a long time, as you can see in the kanji or Japanese character. It is a combination of one and two. Um, it represents creation, time, past, present, and future, and the three elements of body, mind, and spirit. Or uh, toileta. Or toileta. So there you go. <laughs> Ode to Toiletta, um, which would be the Cologne version of the evil spirit. Uh, so, uh, hey, we got through another Japanese one. You you put yourself through so... I gave myself a little lisp there. You put yourself through so much hell to read <laughs> that thing. I appreciate that because you had to have known while typing that out, oh, this is going to be rough. <laughs> this is going to be rough. Yeah, I knew it going in. I was gonna do the best I could. So, <laughs> well, good thing is, is I am not fluent in Japanese, nor am I good at pronouncing people's names. So, Al, <laughs> you did wonderful. I assume until someone tells us otherwise. If you think that Al did a good or bad job, let us know and let us know the correct pronunciation of everything by following the channel and joining <laughs> us as we return next week. But uh, hey, we did it. Uh, any any thoughts that you had on the toilet? I know you went through your investigation there, but any personal thoughts you had about toiletta? Uh, it's it kind of reminds me of the ring. Um, yeah, but from a toilet bowl. But ring. From a toilet bowl. <laughs> um, it's something I wouldn't want to want to meet or go out and find. So. Again, anything anything that requires you, Candyman, Bloody Mary, Beetlejuice, Toiletta, anything that requires you to put out the initiative to bring that thing to you, why? Why are you doing that? Like, you know what helps in those situations? Just walk away. Just walk away. Listen, we didn't talk about this in our discussion of Fresh last week, but the friend, like the bar friend who helped... Uh, that oh, helped yeah. uh, Noah's friend find her. I forgot him, about that. Him pulling up and being like, nope, this is where nope. people like me die. And he like just backs up and leaves. He is the only black man that decided, <laughs> I'm not getting involved in this shit. And just left. Left a situation that probably worked out for the best good, for him. Good choice on him. Good for him, bar guy. I forget his name. Good for you, bar guy. Um, but yeah, no, this is one of those situations where you just remove yourself. Front Relic says he... Uh, I uh, assumed Front Relic's gender, sorry. Uh, Front Relic says they appreciate you trying to, Al. So listen, <laughs> your your hard work and effort to go through the Japanese naming conventions is noted. Did you nail every pronunciation? I assume you didn't. But guess what? No judgment here, brother. No judgment here.